was the beginning to where we started seeing like God's word actively um, learning how to put it in our eyes, our ears, get it in our heart and speak it. And that's when we began to really see it um, do cool stuff in our lives. Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory. Join Gloria and Kelly Copeland today as they illustrate how Jesus became the messenger of God's love by making it possible for God, by the Spirit, to live inside every believer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory broadcast. We've got some more good word for you today, so don't go away. You pay attention. How do you grow? By hearing the word of God. That, and in believing it, taking it, acting on it, and it begins to do a work in your life that nothing else can do. Kelly's with us again today, and Kelly, welcome to the Thank Believer's you, Voice of Victory. Thanks. Share some good stuff with us. The reason this word makes us grow is because it is Jesus. That literally, His Word is Jesus. The Word is Jesus. Jesus is the Word. That's right. And you take Him in. You take His life. You take. See, before God cannot be contained in a human. But when Jesus came as a human, he made it possible then for his spirit to be contained in all of us. And he, his price made it possible for us to be made holy. Be born for over us to be again. born over. Think about it. For, for him to have paid the price so that we can do what? Come into the presence of the Father. Come into the presence of God. because. You couldn't come into the presence of God with sin. No. So Jesus had to go that route and he was the, so all of the love of God, all the love of the Father, all of his life, all of his glory. Yeah. The Bible calls Jesus the light of heaven. So the light of heaven, it, I mean, you could say it bankrupted he a heaven mm -hmm. to send him here because everything, but God's infinite. So I guess, it was still, it wasn't dark up there, but you know what I'm saying? He sent everything of himself here. And Jesus came in the form His of a only man. only begotten son. Only begotten son. Why? So that he could become, uh, so that he could pay the price, pay the price and then come inside of us. And so when we read this word, we realize that Jesus was the messenger of the Father's love. Jesus was the messenger of all life, of the blessing, of power. Right. You know, the Bible says that it has, that every word has the power in it to can make itself come to pass. Why? It's alive. It's Jesus. It's sharp. It's quicker. It's, it's quick. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's alive. That word quick is alive. The word is alive. And Amen. we have it. Why we leave it sitting on our coffee table or sitting by our bed without understanding that it's the way we can know Jesus. We can know him. Well, intimately. it's our freedom. It's everything. You'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. That's right. And if we don't know the truth, we're not going to be free. Because Satan, we have an enemy. Satan wants you to fail. 
And he wanted Jesus to fail, but that wasn't going to happen. But he was tempted, the Bible says, like we are. He was the perfect expression of the Father to us. And now he's expressed. We have it expressed in the Word of God. And the deeper you know this, the more you know him intimately. Um, When in that scripture in Hebrews where it says the Word of God is... is, um, alive and it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow. It will, it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It will tell you, it will decide for you what's right. It's good for correction. If you know it. Yeah, get into it. It's It's good for correction. The truth makes you free. That's what the Bible says. That just settles the issue. free. So if you want to be free, get in the truth. Get in a good word church where they preach the truth. Learn and grow up. Hallelujah. And somebody might think, well, why would I want correction? I'm doing fine by myself. Well, fine. Stay by yourself. But that's not how God meant it. He wanted His love to bless you. And the problem with being by yourself is might work for a little while. But then you'll come up on a place where There's nothing you can do about it. You know, Mom, that makes me think about, you know, when Lindsay was sick. There wasn't anything hospitals could do for her. Or Jenny, she was out of a a car wreck. Nothing the hospital could do with her but say she's going to die. But God, that, you know, in those times, it's when you're really glad you know Jesus and that you have Mm -hmm. an intimate relationship with Him by knowing what His Word says about you. And you don't wait until that crisis comes to build your faith. It's hard to build a ship in a storm. It's hard to do that. But if you'll begin to build right now, as soon as you possibly can, begin to put the Word in your eyes and your ears and listen to the teachings that help you to grow up and become strong in the Lord. That way, if bad things do come your way, you'll have an answer to it. And it's hard to build a relationship with Jesus in a storm. That's right. Of trust. Because yeah. it's in your relationship with Jesus. Don't wait till you're desperate. That you know to trust Him. When you put the Word in, why does it say faith comes when you put the Word in? Faith comes by hearing and hearing yeah, by the Word right. of God. It comes, why? Because you've built in a, built in a relationship with Jesus. You might say, that well, you begin I, to trust Him. You might say, well, I'm desperate now. Well, get to building. Well, He'll help you build it in a storm. Right. I didn't mean to say that because right. He certainly has helped me with that. And you can certainly go deeper I'm telling you, there is nothing like the calm after a storm. Hallelujah. When you have been through a storm and maybe you weren't prepared for it, but you got your praying friends around you and you went to the Word, Jesus will tell you the things you need to know. And on the other side of that storm, you'll be a stronger person than you were when you went in. Why? Well, you don't have to be. It doesn't have to work that way. But if you press into Him... For one thing, you'll have victory. You'll know, I got victory doing this. I can do this again. And no matter how much you know or don't know, if you stand on His Word, He is faithful to oh, you. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, I, just while you were talking, Mom, about, you know, to, to try to um, have a relationship with Jesus and not put His Word in, is to, or to try to have faith without putting His Word in, it's like, if, if there's this, you probably haven't seen it, I, I, there's a stupid, stupid show. I don't think it's on anymore. Hopefully it's not. These people, it's a reality show, and they would marry without even knowing each other. Like, 
That's people mm. would pick out someone for you to marry, and you didn't even know them, and you'd marry. And the reality show of this was that these people would they would watch how these people got along without knowing each other and trying to be married. That's what life with Jesus is like when you don't get in His Word and well, yeah. learn Him and know Him. You can't have a relationship mm. like that, and you certainly can't trust anybody like that. So you get in His Word. Amen. Well, um, I want to show you an example in the Word of God of where people tried to separate the Scriptures from Jesus, like tried to have the Scriptures without having Jesus to go along with them or try to have the Scriptures say something that they want it to say. I mean, I'm telling you, the Scriptures, they make a really powerful hammer on people, a dagger. You can hurt somebody with scriptures. When you separate it from Jesus, you separate it from the love of God. People have used the Bible year after year Use after year, thousands of years to hurt people and to control people. That's not God. That's not Jesus. But there's no life in it when you try to separate his word from him. He is the Word. So let's look at this. this. is John chapter 6. And of course, you know, Jesus had preached the day before and he had, man, he didn't do a miracle with the food just to show he could do a miracle. These people had been in his teaching. They had been in front of him all day long. They were hungry. They were hungry. And so... um that night, of course, he goes to the other side. He put the disciples in a boat and he walked on the water to the other side. Um, so it says in verse 23, John 6 is out of the Passion Translation. The next morning, I think yours is, yours is right here, Mom. The next morning, the crowds were still on the opposite shore of the lake, near the place where they had eaten the bread he had multiplied after he had given thanks to God. So they're still on the other side, the crowds. Jesus was nowhere to be found. They realized that only one boat had been there and Jesus hadn't boarded and they concluded that his disciples had left him behind. So when they saw on the shoreline a number of small boats from Tiberias, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum to search for him. When they finally found him, they asked him, teacher, how did you get here? Now let's just stop for a minute and think about why they're looking for him. I think they're hungry, but I don't, you know, I think, I don't know. It, this looks like it's the same people that were listening to him the day before, but yet today, and this just goes to show, he's got to be the living bread every day. You can't just live on the word you received yesterday. Yesterday, these people were hungry for what he had to say, so much so that they stayed all day. But the next day, they're just hungry for something to eat. They're just hungry for some natural bread. It says, Jesus replied, let me make this clear. You came looking for me because I fed you by a miracle, not because you believe in me. Why would you strive for food that is perishable and not be passionate to seek the food of eternal life that never spoils? And you know, he said, this is how mom got saved. Seek mm -hmm. ye first the kingdom of God right. and his righteousness and the things because in that same These verse, things. in that same chapter, he was talking about, that's in Matthew 6. He was talking about what you eat, what you drink, what you wear. So when he said things, he literally meant the normal 
natural things we have to sustain life. He said, yeah. those will be added when you seek first the kingdom. But he knew this day, they're not seeking, they're seeking something that perishes. You know, the food we eat, I mean, it's good, we need it, but it doesn't give you life. It doesn't give you eternal life. It sustains life. you for a very short period of time. Very short, obviously just overnight because <laughs> they wanted more. But he said, he said, I, this, let me see how it says this in the New Living. He says, I tell you the truth, you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me his seal of approval. He came out of the Father. Jesus came out of the Father to express the life of the Father, not just to give people a piece of bread. He did, he's not here just to give you your needs met. But I love it that he'll take your needs and, and in meeting those, he's wanting to meet your inside needs. In meeting your natural need, he wants to get to your inside need. You can see that at the woman at the well. She had an outside need, but he used that outside need she was a hurting person, mm -hmm. but he went through that to get into her heart and changed her whole life because she didn't need, um, she didn't need just free from shame. She needed to walk in the light that he had for her and the call of God that he had on her life. It's a powerful call of God. Hers is a powerful Praise story, God. but God used, Jesus used that need that she had to meet a deeper need, a need for uh, to not come back to that well again, he gave her living water. And that's what he wants to do. So he doesn't mind that we have needs. He wants to meet them. But these people, they were after him just for the bread and not for himself. He says, um, I, the son of man, am ready to give you what matters most for God the Father has destined me for this purpose. Remember, we keep saying that God the Father sent him to express himself, to express his desire to love us. They replied, so what should we do if we want to do God's work? Jesus said, the work you can do for God starts with believing the one he sent. I like the way this says it in here. He says, um, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? In other words, we want it to be where we can perform God's works. We don't, then we won't need you. <laughs> that doesn't work. No. Jesus said, this is the only work God wants from you, believe in the one he sent. Yep. In other words, there's nothing you can do to perform these miracles. But if you'll believe in me, I'll perform the miracles. Mom, I think it, even today, I think it's really easy to get our eyes on food, bread, drive, home, uh, miracles, even in our body, and get our eyes off of the fact that they come with Jesus. It's so easy to get part them. of the package. It's part of the Jesus package. But when we start wanting a miracle and we get focused on that, then we have to strive because we have no ability to get a miracle. Well, we have faith in, in the word, in of Jesus, right? You're right. We have faith in the word of Jesus. But just to say, I have faith that I'm healed, 
and not well, if you don't know have the words, you don't have faith. No, that's you don't have anything to put it in. Faith. Yeah. And to be a, to be trying to have miracles, people can want miracles for all kinds of reasons. Sure. They can want miracles because they're in pain. They can want miracles because they want their church to grow. They can want miracles for all kinds of reasons, but we don't get miracles without Jesus. He's our source. Of course not. He's everything. And so that's what he was telling them that day. He said, you can't do miracles, but you can believe on the one God sent you to do a miracle. He says, um, they replied, show us a miracle so we can see it and then we'll believe in you. That's not the way it works. It's not the way it works. <laughs> and you know, when I said that the result of separating Jesus in the word, this is what I'm talking about. They want a miracle and then they'll believe in him. Jesus, Moses took care of our ancestors who were fed by the miracle of manna every day in the desert. Just like the scripture says, he fed them with bread from heaven. What sign will you perform with, for us? Well, Jesus corrects them over that. So they're using scripture to say, um, uh, Moses fed. And Jesus said, the truth is Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. It is my father who offers the bread. And I like the way this puts it. My father offers bread that comes as a dramatic sign from heaven. The bread of God is the one who came out of heaven to give this life to feed the world. So I was thinking about this. So this, this Aramaic, it says down here, can be translated a rainbow sign. So just like Noah was given a rainbow sign that God loved him, mm -hmm. manna from heaven was a sign of God's love and care for them. But what Jesus is saying, the bread of God is the one who came out of heaven. So in other words, yes, there was a rainbow sign out of heaven. What does it say? God loves you. I'll take care of you. I have a covenant with you. Then there's manna. Come down from heaven. I love you. I'll take care of you. I'm here for you. I'll provide for you. Jesus, the bread Praise falling God. from heaven to the earth to say, I, we have a covenant. The father says, this is my covenant. I love you. I'll take care of you. So to want any of those this other is things. This my son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. And that's why he came. And he came to perfectly express the father. And if we want to know the father, we have to know the son. That's right. And the best way to get to know him, the, the like just fabulously and powerfully is in his word. This is him expressed. Oh, yes, that's true. And it's the love of it's the awesome. Father expressed. And he is the sign and the covenant come from heaven for the Father to be able to express to his children who he couldn't get to before Jesus. But now he can say through Jesus and through Kelly and Gloria Copeland today, you have a father that loves you. We do. We have a father and you have a father. And you have a savior and his name is Jesus. Praise be to God. <laughs> Jesus changes everything. everything. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, just give it to him right now. Say, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. 
take my life and do something with it. Oh, you'd be, you'll be amazed at what he does. Kelly and I'll be right back. I'm Ray Lutz, this is Sarah Lutz, and we are from Union City, Ohio. I just remember I started feeling um, a lot of sadness. I was struggling, um, but the sadness kept getting deeper and deeper. There were times I just didn't want to get out of bed. Um, I felt overwhelmed with just normal living. Um, it started getting worse where I just, there were times I just actually wanted to die, you know. But I mean, I, I knew the Lord and <laughs> um, I remember I would try to um, just rebuke it, take authority, but for some reason um, it just seemed like it wasn't working. And I just remember getting out of bed and just trying to um, keep my kids alive. I just tried to make food to feed them. And then I remember, um, not even cleaning up the dishes, just I just felt the house was getting a mess and I and then I felt terrible about myself. It was just a weird experience because I'd never felt that before where I felt um, like like in prison or like I, I couldn't do certain things. And I remember just reaching a point of desperation. I was like just crying and I'm like, okay Lord, I know that like the problem is not with you. There's something I'm not understanding. Will you show me what's going on? You know, as a husband, um, you know, we're there to, to comfort, protect, um, and just to take care of our wife. And when there isn't really anything that you can do physically other than, you know, spiritually just, just by prayer, um, you know, that's, that's hard. I was channel surfing one day and uh, I hadn't listened to Gloria and Kenneth Copeland. I'd heard of them, but I hadn't really listened to them. And so I felt drawn to turn on Gloria Copeland. And so, when I did, it was just cool because um, the Lord started just penetrating my heart with what she was saying. And she was talking about how, what was this whole, whole world made from? And she said, and I was thinking, well, God. Um, but then she said, words, the words that came out of God's mouth. And I was like, huh, yeah, that's right. And um, so then she started talking, she just really started teaching on the power of our words and and how we are filled with the fruit of our lips and, and about how important it is with speaking life. And it's like stuff just started kind of like exploding on the inside of me and she started just teaching um, and I needed this like step by step, like how to apply God's word, like how to, um, cause I was getting a little bit of word in the day and a whole lot of either TV or just the world. I wasn't, I didn't have as much word in me as I needed. And I really, it was just cool cause it was a journey where I began to learn how to walk by faith and not by sight. His word trumps how I feel. His word trumps what I see. His word, his word is the truth. And so I began to write down scriptures, bunches of scriptures. And um, one day I was doing the dishes and I'd been feeling great. And I was just looking out the window and I was praying and I'd been trying to pray in the spirit while I cleaned and different stuff. And um, all of a sudden that deep, deep sadness and it felt like heaviness like came on me. And it was almost like because it was familiar, um, I almost let it, like I was just used to, I almost let it stay there. And the Holy Spirit like quickened my heart and I started thinking in my mind, no, I did not just learn all this to have to go through life like this, you know, again. And I spoke and I said, no, I rebuke you spirit of depression in the name of Jesus, you leave. And then I just started saying every scripture that I could think of 
the deep sadness or whatever, it like left and it was cool because, you know, like a bubbling brook, um, water flowing out, like it felt like that's bubbling inside of me and then it was complete joy. And I just started like praising God because when you feel like you don't want to live anymore and you feel that sadness and I didn't want to be on medicine all my life, like it was crucial and like I, I was so excited that I did not have to live my life. Um, dealing with that. I knew how to overcome it, you know? And so anyway, that was the beginning to where we started seeing like God's word actively, um, learning how to put it in our eyes, our ears, get it in our heart and speak it. And that's when we began to really see it um, do cool stuff in our lives. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And remember, Jesus is Lord.